James T. Kirk. Don't you read history? What did you say your name was? Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. Which one of you is the captain? We violate the treaty, Captain. Red alert! All hands, battle stations! This is Captain Kirk. Incorrect. Can we just get down to it, please? Prepare to attack. All hands battle stations. Gardner and Chris Honeywell. Hello and welcome to Star Trek Monthly Monday. This is the Next Generation Edition, number 38. And we have a very special show planned for you uh, this time around. I, by the way, am Scott Gardner, joined as always by my bestest friend, Chris Honeywell. And hello, we have a very special guest with us. He uh, was the comic in the outrageous Okana episode that we will be covering this uh, this time around. None other than Mr. Joe Piscopo. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, so nice to talk to you, man. Yeah, about that. Uh huh. Um, I know I told you I was going to handle that. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, well, I found his website and and uh basically um you know it said it, it wasn't like here's Joe Piscopo's email address which I apparently thought Joe Piscopo maybe had gotten to the point where you could email Joe Piscopo but you had to email Joe's agent. So whatever. Okay, I've emailed agents before. So I went and looked at the agent's website, and it said, yeah, Joe will do a certain amount of free stuff. If you want him to do something free, you know, you can write that email. So, okay, so I wrote that email, and, well, the long and short of it, the the, the, the gist of the reply was basically, um, go fuck yourself. So, <laughs> no Joe Piscopo today. Damn it. Hey, so nice to talk to you, man. No, <sighs> usually if Joe Piscopo is going to do something for free, I have a feeling that it's going to be like a charity to save orphans or cancer or something. And uh, well, we hate orphans. <sighs> I know that's sucks. that might and then have people been... wonder why we don't ever have guests on this show. That would be the reason right there. All right. Well, screw Joe Piscopo then. 
we're going to just dive right into the episode. <laughs> Let's, uh, you know what? I totally forgot to bookmark my place in this. So vamp for me, vamp, while I find the episode that we are going to be talking about. Oh my God, take my wife, please. My wife is so fat. (laughs) How fat is she? Huh? I don't know, man. I'm done vamping. (laughs) I don't have a wife. Come on. Okay, so first up, we're going to be looking at... If I did, though, she'd be so fat, she'd have more chins than a Chinese phone book. (laughs) Which, there goes all our many Chinese listeners. We actually had a Chinese listener write in, sorry. Did we really? But he lives in China, yeah. On the forum. Yeah, one of our... And it's one of our forum regulars, you know. know, Somebody writes it on our forum, and and he's, he's, he's a foreigner in China. He's... You know what? Actually, Chinese, but he's there and he's listening to Two True Freaks, and God bless, man. You know what's worse than getting pissed off about something? Getting pissed off about something and you don't even know who to be pissed off at? Because for (laughs) some reason, I'm not getting forum notifications or Facebook notifications all the time like I should. Because I'm missing forum posts like crazy. Because this is the umpteenth time lately that you've told me about something going on in the forum that I didn't get a notification about. And then just recently, uh, a friend of ours, uh, I believe he's a listener to the show. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, because he he heard about this through the show. Uh, Bill Robinson uh, messaged me and was basically like, are you ever going to answer me back? And I was like, Dude, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So I looked on the on Facebook, and sure enough, he'd written me a couple of times. I never got the notification. Had no idea. So I don't know what it. I don't know if it's my email. I don't know if it's those program. I don't Here's know. Here's what, what I do. It sucks. I just go to the forum every day and 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 look to see which ones are new. <laughs> That's I'm the only way make, I keep start up. making that a habit. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm gonna have to start should, doing. I mean, go hang out there. It's it's like your home. Away from I home. I know. Well, I just, I, you know, You're I mean, I feel like I'm home, there all still the time. Inside your home. Relying on the notification thing to let me know when right. there was new st- and it's not working apparently, or not working nope. for me anyway. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to look at two episodes from Star Trek The Next Generation second season. I do believe these are uh, these are the third and fourth episodes, right? Because we did the first... Yeah, that's right. We did the first... Okay, so these we are episodes three and... We did the first two last month. All right, so the first one up is Elementary Dear Data, and this one aired the week of December 5th, 1988. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. I accept your challenge, Doctor. I wouldn't miss it. Dr. Pulaski challenges Data to solve the Sherlock Holmes mystery in the holodeck. There is your killer. Seize her! But the evil Moriarty seizes the ship's computer. The time for games is over. In a ruthless plot to sabotage the Enterprise on Star Trek The Next Generation. And the synopsis on this one is, After the Enterprise arrives three days early for a scheduled rendezvous, LaForge persuades Sherlock Holmes fan Data to use the extra time playing the role of the detective on the holodeck while the engineer as Wat- or with rather the engineer as Watson. But Holmes's original cases are no challenge to Data's memory, 
So Dr. Pulaski, who has yet to accept the android as anything more than a machine, challenges him to solve a new computer-generated case. LaForge obliges, obliges bleh, I can't say that, LaForge oblige, obliges by Those are two really tough words to put <laughs> next to each other. <laughs> by programming a case that's a challenge match for data. A Professor Moriarty who takes on consciousness. Holmes's arch enemy not only kidnaps Pulaski in a bid to become real, but also threatens to take over the Enterprise with a Victorian gadget that can control the ship from within the holodeck. In Top Hat and Tails, Picard enters the program to confront Moriarty and convinces him his plan is useless because of the construct's true nature. A mellowed Moriarty, already transcending his character's fictional bounds, relents, but asks to be recalled if a process for solidifying holodeck creations into real matter is ever found and the captain agrees that is one boring ass summation of episode it was really really dry but then again i don't like this episode so it doesn't really matter to me what did you think of this one i it was up and down for me i in in general i like this episode um i like holodeck episodes i like the i i like just sort of well this one seemed like it was just going to be a light one with actually really no conflict in it and just sort of a data story but then it ended up having a sort of artificial feeling conflict to it at the end that it didn't really need with Moriarty it brings up a lot of neat stuff to talk about um um one thing I wish they wouldn't do is that Data and Jordy didn't do those their British accents. Maybe Data being being Holmes and being annoying was kind of funny, but jo- I just didn't like Jordy like doing the like sort of fake British right. accent, sort of like you know just sort of like stagey and stuff. It's just like that. Right. Just be yourself and solve the mystery, you know. Get, right. get on the holodeck and 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 solve the mystery. It's not. It, I guess it, part of the fun is being in character, but he was he was just sort of being in caricature. You know what I mean? Instead of being character, character anyway. Um, I like the doctor in this. She's being McCoy light sort yes. of. You know, she's being a a, a a a more feminine, nicer version of McCoy, but she's still the crusty human, just going. Ah, you robot! You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Get some real <laughs> in, uh, emotion and have a shot of liquor for Christ's sake. What the hell's the matter with you? Here, have a cigarette. God damn it! What? You're yep. fully functional. But uh, <laughs> and of course, with the scene where she shows up is on ten forward. You know, it, so so once again, we're 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 starting to get her characters. She's a little bit of a boozer, or, like McCoy, actually. Um. They they use Troy very well in this, as in they use her very briefly, and she just sort of does her lines, and then they get rid of her. So good, good up on that. <laughs> um, Picard takes any opportunity he can get to dress up, so he's happy as a clam to, in the middle of an emergency to dress in his old, old England gear. You know, you could tell he's enjoying it. The now, only thing we, is, he didn't get to read Shakespeare in this. If he'd have got, to, he'd have been in hog heaven. If that he would have a pig and shit, yeah, Cushon and Merde. But um, <laughs> at, at the end when they're like, 
when they're going, well, if we find a way to make you solid, Mr. Moriarty, we'll bring you back. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, fat fucking chance. <laughs> There's no way. But according to you, they do bring him back. Yep. There's an episode where they do bring him back. Stupid. Even Moriarty going, I'm a changed person or something. He's Moriarty. You know, whatever. But, um, you know, the, 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 the parts of this that are interesting sort of go along with my metaphysics of Star Trek book. It's the whole, like, who's alive, who's conscious, you know? And, and once again, this episode doesn't succeed in answering any of those questions or really doing a really truly good job of addressing it because you know what I mean besides the whole you know I mean we're going to go over the whole is da- you know how data thinks and how human he is and him trying to be human stuff so this is just sort of part of that ongoing storyline but I'm more interested in the whole Moriarty thing because Basically, that, you know, what happened there was through uh, a, and this is a very cheesy, this is almost like a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy twist of, you know, through Jordy's suggest- miswording of it being like, you know, come up with something that can even defeat Data. You know, somehow that order has made the ship's, because I'm, I'm assuming the ship's computer and the holodeck are tied together since Moriarty was accessing the ship's computer that the ship's computer somehow pushed the holodeck into sentience because of what Jordy said just by there's you a, know somebody bringing it up and that doesn't big old I, I, that doesn't with wash that, with though. me yeah no. that doesn't wash you know that a, a a and then you have like the whole you know um you know the whole fail safe of the the um the holodeck being turned off again why does the holodeck even have the possibility of doing horrible things why is that even built it's like having a gun that it's like see that button on the gun make sure you have that button pushed all the time or else the gun explodes why don't you mm-hmm. just make the gun so it doesn't explode in the first place and not even bother with the button you know yep. do do you want that gun to explode i mean Sometime if you're writing, if you're being a lazy writer, you might want to come up with a situation where you'd need the gun to explode. And I don't think it's till a Star Trek movie that they actually, like, say, let's make... Or what? No, was it Was it in the last season? That it, it was the gangster one where they actually were like, oh, make it so we could shoot people so they could shoot their way out of it or something. It was, or no, no, it it isn't until the Borg attack the ship and then they, like can shoot the Borg in the holodeck by overriding. It's it's all bullshit to me. Right. It all stinks of bullshit to me. But it does come up with, you know, it gives them an opportunity to to have that those questions come up. And they don't answer them satisfactorily. But at this point, and, and in that point in science fiction history, I was happy to have those stories even coming up on TV. You know what I mean? being right. touched even even awkwardly like that it was it's good to to see like the nature of consciousness and and life and reality being called into question in Star Trek I like that that's something you don't see very often you see it more often in like in shows today but in in those days a lot of those things were were new ideas 
you know of you know artificial intelligence and stuff and and if next generation was made today you know the ideas of data's artificial intelligence would probably be much different but i like that they i like that they had a story about you know computers reaching sentience and stuff it just wasn't a very satisfying story as far as that goes you know but i enjoyed it to to an extent <laughs> I thought the part I, I thought the part where Moriarty had control of the Enterprise was really stupid. And I think Picard for being was a bit out of character taking the whole thing in stride the way he did, you know? He was sort of like Jordy's like, I'm sorry I fucked that up and he's just like, Oh, don't worry, Jordy, I get I'm I don't mind. I get to dress up in Victorian gear, you know. There, there wasn't even really a, there wasn't a reprimand or anything like that, or, you, you know, and, and really, Jordy shouldn't have gotten a reprimand, but it seems like Picard will give out the reprimands anyway, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, and 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 what we instead get is a nice little moment with them at the end over the wooden model, you know, which I thought that was neat, the 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 scene where he had the wooden model and he explains the data you know the whole point is that i made it by hand it's not that you know i could have had the matter generator just make this model but i made it by hand and then and then picard is you know the other person on, on board the enterprise who would probably truly appreciate that you know in right. his old timey ways like oh a ship you know i'm surprised they didn't make a ship in a giant bottle that would have probably been more <laughs> I always like ships and bottles anyway. So. I was always surprised that there was never a Star Trek episode where the ship wound up in a bottle. That just At seems like that the was the original kind of a one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it winds up in a loose block. And, I, and it could have very well, <laughs> it would have been more appropriate to have it in a bottle in that too, you know? And, mm-hmm. oh my God, that just reminds me. I always wanted that, the prop Lucite star trek that they used to sell in the 70s <laughs> oh that was, i wanted that so bad but yeah it was just your it was it was what it was which is a non <laughs> opinion i don't know what did what did you think i think i know what you think <sighs> i think this episode <laughs> sucks <laughs> Um, it has one redeeming quality and I, you know, I'm surprised actually that we haven't taken more flack for this. Maybe, maybe it'll be coming. Maybe it's just because we're, we're fresh into this season and just got started. I like Pulaski and I'm not making any apologies for that. I think she's a great character. She's the redeeming quality of this episode because the moment where She's We're, definitely uh, the voice of Scott when it comes to robots on Star Trek right now. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. Well, especially I like the scene in Ten Forward where where Jordy even says, "I'm just not getting through," and then she pipes up from a table away and says, "You you you know you're wasting your time with this." I like that because that's it gets right to the core of her character, and she's not afraid to just tell you how she feels well, about I think- things. I like that. I, I, I like she's that got a whole a lot because you're abs- shots in her, you know, at that point. Right. I mean, but you're absolutely right. She she is my voice in this episode and I open her to this episode, you know, the the what do they call that? The before the like credits the teaser. The, the, the teaser. Yeah. yeah. It's excruciating. It's so <laughs> cheesy and 
it's really bad. And why the hell is Jordy working on his model project in engineering? I mean, this is something that should be in his quarters or something, right? Why, why is that even there? Right, and then beamed over it's to, just... like, the transporter room to present to them or something. Yes, exactly. Right. It's just the, the dialogue is bad. The acting is bad. Everything's awkward and weird. It's just, oh, it's it's so rough. Um, I'm going to skip my big note and come back to it in a minute. Um, why isn't Data this perceptive all the time? When he's in the hollow deck and he's playing Holmes, now I'm not talking about the part where he already knows how the story's going to turn right. out. Later on when they go back in and it's in the random setting where he doesn't know what, he's still a very good Holmes as far as he's, he's using incredible deductive skills to figure things out. But the rest of the time, he's kind of an idiot. You know, it's like, why doesn't, why isn't he this perceptive all the time when they have actual real space mysteries that they have to be figuring well, out he's, who done it. Because well this is this is another problem I have with it because he's playing Sherlock Holmes and that's how Sherlock I just saw a cartoon someone wrote or drew today that someone put up on Facebook that has Sherlock Holmes walking around Batman and he like does two circles around him, looks him up and down and goes, Bruce Wayne and then Batman just hangs him upside down and is like gone, you know. And, <laughs> and um and that's how Sherlock Holmes works. So so they were simulating right. that with Data, but Data should not be... The thing about Holmes was Holmes was like a superhuman computer, but he was also very human. He was a drug addict, and he had all his weird idiosyncrasies, and he was basically a crazy person. He was so smart, he was crazy. And that craziness was part, and intuition was part of what he would use which data does it have so data shouldn't have right. been shouldn't have been doing been able to simulate homes that quickly and it would have been more interesting to have data figure it out and have us figure it out along with him instead of him just moving it along by looking things up and down and going ah of course this and this and this and this and this you know and uh and it did sort of get into different, you know, as it as it as it turned into a hostage situation and stuff like that. And and uh, and the character of Moriarty was actually starting to get interesting when he was when he was uh, talking to the to the doctor, you know, when he had the doctor mm -hmm. and he was having a conversation with her. And he's kind of he's flirting with her a little bit and she's flirting back with him a little bit. But at the same time, she's, you know, very. um you know, wondering, you know, what what's going on and knowing it's a dangerous situation. I was starting to like the character of Moriarty. He was starting to get starting to get good. And then it just sort of ends, you know, then it, it just sort of ends. Right. And, and Picard sort of talks him out of it. And to some extent, well, I'm glad you that makes uh -huh. sense, because I was thinking of it. I was thinking. Would the computer have really let Moriarty destroy the ship, or would it have been just like, "Aha, Moriarty wins"? You know what I mean? Would could you really right. like have the holodeck be like, "I want you to do a, a challenge that if I lose, the whole ship gets destroyed"? You know, that's no. There's just no way. I would if I was Picard, I would be like, "All right." By this time, if I was Picard, I would be like, "Holodeck's closed." We're getting on the horn to Starfleet, and they're going to kick some ass on some holodeck designers. 
and get them back to the drawing board. You know what I mean? I would be like, you know, no right. more ho- no more holodeck at this point because it's obviously just too dangerous, you know. That's that's yep. what I would do as as captain. Well, that's yeah, that's my next note is that uh and this happens every time you have one of these <laughs> right. colossal holodeck screw up episodes my notes always going to be the same which is this should have been the last holodeck episode if it's this dangerous to where shutting the thing down could actually wipe away dr pulaski with the program then yeah something's wrong with the holodeck it shouldn't be able to do that in the first place fail safer right Uh, yeah now i have been you know i i gotta come clean i've been horrible about keeping up we were supposed to be keeping a running tally on the holodeck you know when does it work versus when doesn't it work and oh, I i've think we're been up to completely remiss to like 14 hours like <laughs> yeah something like that but i mean come on this this is just this is massive this you know when when the entire ship is at stake then yeah no more holodeck um, and especially during it's like a recreation program they're running you know it's a, like fun and games it's like it's like holodeck right. shoots and ladders and all of a sudden the sh- shoot takes you down into the fucking pits of hell or something you know right a <laughs> bloody mouth going Mah-ha-ha, you know what the hell literally kudos to kudos to picard i actually i was i was quite proud of myself that i caught this you know, you, you you gotta you gotta give props when props are due. He pulls a Kirk in this one. Yes. He talks the computer down, which it took me a while to realize that, but it, it's actually yes. true. You know, he uh, he totally does what Kirk would do. He he out talks the computer Kirk and talks it into basically explode. shutting itself down. Right? Yeah, he doesn't go that far, but mm. yeah, you're you're right. Kirk would, Kirk would make talk it at least spark killing itself. You say you are lying, but if everything you say is a lie, then you are telling the truth. But you cannot tell the truth because everything you say is a lie. But you lie, you tell the truth, but you cannot, for you lie. Illogical, illogical. Please explain. You are human. Only humans can explain their behavior. Please explain. I am not programmed to respond in that area. <laughs> massive missed opportunity maybe it exists out there in fan fiction somewhere or something but uh one thing we never got that i think would have been really cool is uh moriarty versus the doctor from uh from voyager you know you had got two mm-hmm. basically two holodeck programs or you know two hologram programs that could have been interesting that could have been really really interesting um but now at this point, it comes down to my my two biggest notes on this, and uh, I'm not even sure which order to tackle them in. Um, I call bullshit on the entire thing with Moriarty in this episode, and it basically comes down to this. In my opinion, from my from my observations watching this episode again today, Moriarty is self aware before LaForge's mistake, because if you're watching in the episode. He's watching mm-hmm. Data and Jordy and everything when they go to the arch and he his his ears perk up like a cat when they call the arch and he's watching him as a computer pro, you know as a holodeck character he should not see this he should not be aware of the arch 
and what's going on in the real world. He he should be totally sucked in. He should see he should Data program, yeah. and LaForge as, yeah, as Holmes and Watson. He shouldn't be aware of the arch and all that. All of that happens before because they, they that's the point where they call the arch and that's when LaForge mm-hmm. programs the computer and says, you know, I, I needed a, an opponent that can possibly defeat Data. Supposedly, from what we're given in this episode, that's the point where everything goes awry. I maintain that, no, something had already gone wrong because Moriarty was was observing them. And then he seems like maybe he gets smarter or something changes because he has that comment to the girl that I, I feel my mind expanding or something to that effect. But I still maintain something had already happened but prior to all this. So I don't I think LaForge is off the hook in this episode. I don't think it was him at all. I think something was fundamentally screwed up beforehand. I don't know what that something, or something is. Something got screwed up in the editing process. <laughs> yeah. That or they too. were like they were like, we wanna introduce Moriarty earlier and they were like, ah, maybe nobody'll notice. But they didn't count on Scott Gardner in the future. At the end of the day, and I'm probably, I mean, I know that we already pissed somebody off about this <laughs> ages ago. This yeah. came up. So I, at the risk of doing it again, I just, you know, I, I, I got to call it like I see it. I think the entire concept is completely friggin' ridiculous. You know, I, I, I respect what, what they were trying to go for with this one, but why couldn't it have just been Data doing his stupid Sherlock Holmes thing? For a one episode, story. You, I would have just yeah, liked it you to, grown. Yeah, I yeah, exactly. Would have been a, a Sherlock Holmes story where he had to solve a mystery. Yep. You know, just just a fun episode grown. where it was like, "Hey, we're on shore leave. You guys get to do some recreation, and and you have a story." You know, I don't need them to be in danger of dying. It would have right. been interesting, or or have them, you know, go through a series of more complicated. You know, I'm I'm happy with the story of like trying to like get it to you know get the whole thing to work with data's logical brain or his computer brain non-human brain so that was enough for me to carry me along and make me interested and intrigued by the story but i think you know they just seem to think that there has to be some sort of existential you know threat every time in order for you to care about that story and I don't need the Enterprise to be in danger by Moriarty. It's, I mean, that that sounds good as like, uh, the, it, you know, the Enterprise is taken over by Professor Moriarty or whatever. It, but it would have been more fun if it would have been more of a Red Jack sort of situation or something like that. You know, there's a little bit of, of that, you know, aspect to this because it's back in the Jack and the Ripper, Jack the Ripper times. So they could have they could have maybe done a little tribute to uh, Wolf in the Fold in this, but. Yeah, I I I'm I I was happy that that we had uh, a TV. It, it, I remember when these shows being on. It was the same feeling I had when I saw the first Matrix movie, and which I thought was gonna horribly suck. And I was like, that wasn't so bad. But I thought it wasn't so bad because I was happy to see some of the ideas from like Philip K. Dick showing up in a movie. The like weird paranoia and reality isn't really real and stuff. Although it was handled in a very superficial, light, watered down manner. 
And that's sort of what this is. This is sort of like, you know, like artificial intelligence 101 or artificial intelligence for fifth graders or something like that. You know, it was, but it was probably one of the more advanced, at least in approach, stories about artificial intelligence at the time because you had data, you know, to as a springboard for that. So I, you know, I'm always happy to see, I, I like the the ones where they at least try to bite off some sort of sci-fi concept, you know, whether they succeed. Well, very often they don't, you know, but it's a TV show. I mean, so, you know, they're always going for the good adventure story, you know, and you, you get as much of it in as you can. It's just so hard to say because we have also our thoughts about artificial intelligence are 20 years advanced from the next generation right years advanced. So I don't know. I enjoyed it more than you. I I, I definitely. It's. Yeah, I mean, I love a good science fiction story as much as anybody. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, we're we're watching this show, yeah, but I'm definitely not saying this is a good science fiction story. <laughs> it just comes down, you know, the the two problems I have with it uh, on that level is, um, for one, didn't we see this story already? You know, we we had the big goodbye. Mm-hmm. which had that scene at the end with Picard and, and his holodeck buddy, you know, where the guy, you know, asked Picard, you know, are my wife and kids going to be waiting for me at home when you leave the holodeck kind of thing? That's as far as I think they should have taken that concept, you know, is pose the question and, and leave it there. Because I think going that next step to this episode, that's, y- y- you've crossed a line into ridiculousness at this point. It's just flat out friggin silly i mean the the points the points in this episode there there are several moments in this episode you know when they're having the little conference briefing was a big one but also when when picard actually goes to the holodeck and is confronting moriarty there's several points where i just think somebody should be the voice of the of the viewer of the episode going are we really having this conversation? Are, are, are we serious about this? I'm surprised Riker didn't play that part in this episode mm-hmm. at, at the conference room brief, just going, excuse me, hold on. What are you assholes talking about here? I mean, are we seriously considering this stupid computer program to be an actual per? Is that what you're telling me? Cause that's stupid. And it is, it, it's, it's really, cause it doesn't, you know, I, I know that there's this this argument for for artificial intelligence. I know that this is going to come along later in a, in a data episode. I, I argue that that's not where we're, we're we're that's apples and oranges from where we are here, because well, you can't just in order make for Moriarty artificial intelligence. Right, yeah. the computer can't just like be like, okay, I'm going to will. Oh, they want it's like computer will yourself to be sentient. Working exactly in pie, order for you know? for Moriarty to be, you know, a, an actual sentient being, the computer that's generating him, that's controlling him, would have to be sentient itself. And I don't think it would that be that's like a case. human I've willing never... themselves into a god or something just by force of will. Being right. like, if I think the right logical 
you know, sequence of thoughts, then I will have godlike powers. Da, 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 da. Ah, yes, you know, it, it, the computer can't make itself more than it already is, you know, or, you know, or do they, you know, they're not going to design, they don't design, I don't care what, I don't care what century you're living in, you're not going to design a computer with the capacity to be sentient, but just sort of there and latent, you know, in the, in the background in case it's needed or, you know, what is a computer drawing on to make itself, uh, you know, self-aware it's just it, it right it just doesn't happen um, and if it did right you know i mean the the implication of this is like okay well they they fix the you know moriarty gives up and they fix the holodeck thing but shouldn't they still be like putting one greasy eye on the computer all the time you know one hairy eyeball on it and, <laughs> right because right because the computer just became sentient, maybe it still is sent, sentient and just keeping its mouth shut and watching right now. You know, I'd be I'd be very worried about that. You know, not just the holodeck, but because it was a computer that launched the holodeck into that, which means the computer was basically launching itself into sentience. And I just don't believe that's how it would work. Right. You know, you would build a complex. You would it would be more like data, where the guy built a brain that mimics a human brain, you know, that, that he, okay, he filled it full of information, but it also learned, you know, he built it to learn like a human brain or whatever. That would be more like the, you know, the area you would get, be getting it if you would, something came to life or like Skynet where it's all of a sudden like alive and then like, Hey, fuck you guys. Boom, boom, boom. You know, this was more right. like, Oh, okay. I'll I'll bring myself to life for this purpose, and then it's over, and then it's back to normal. No, it's not. You know, things don't just bring themselves to life, and then shut themselves off. You know, it bring themselves into consciousness and go. All right, time to stop now. I mean, that's uh, you can look at any any person and and see that. You know, nobody wants to die. So, but. It br you know, it brings up all those issues and it brings up conversations like this, which is better than most TV shows, which it's which, you know, uh, you know, to, to or you know, I mean, I'm going to quote an 80s TV show, but it was true of any TV show in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s to now is, you know, where most of the pertinent questions are like, could you really jump a charger that, you know, over a. A creek and not just completely tear out the entire undercarriage of it is that actually possible right you know that's the questions that you got from most things it's like could really the hulk really toss that guy that far by his britches you know it was you know so this at least it's bringing up interesting things to springboard off it doesn't it doesn't provide you know you don't come away with this going oh my god i never thought of artificial intelligence like this but you could at least have a conversation and maybe come up with something new <laughs> right you know so it was it was at least putting it on the table so i like that aspect of it i like that it at least tried it was an awkward try at best <laughs> right 
What, what bothers me with this one is, is what came out of it, because I, I, I think ultimately the problem with this episode is how it ends at the end of, of the day. You know, I, I, I could accept everything that happened in this. If at the end, when the, when the Moriarty program finally does shut down that, you know, something like we see Picard with a flash drive that has the Moriarty subroutine on it. And we see him flushing it down the toilet going, well, that's that. That's immediately I would have been like delete Moriarty subroutine or put it on a flash drive and send it off to scientists to study. Right. But instead, they actually seem to treat this like he was a person, you know, like like he deserved. Yeah. Like he deserved their their respect and their, uh, you know, their care. And I'm like, no, damn it. It's a computer program. It's an aberrant program. It's, you know, and. I think the problem with this too is that you come to like Moriarty. He he does have a um here's here's another uh, point. Uh, uh, he he has he yes, he is he's very um I know I know I should let you say the word because I'm not thinking of it, but yes, he's he's he he is. He's a he's you feel for him at the end and he's he's got a char- a charm to him charm yeah but that charm is pure viper you know when at the end when he was like but you know i was moriarty but now i know i'm a program and i've changed i would didn't believe that for a second not for a second that was moriarty aware that he was a program but still going oh i've changed you know i mean i just want to walk around on your ship and take a look if they made him you know to me if they made him flush, it would be, it, it would be the same as say you know not to bring up the same hoary thing that we've but space Hitler it would be like space Hitler going no really you know I like the I like the Ferengi now <laughs> you know I have no problem with the Ferengi I know I'm not really Adolf Hitler you know and all the while just going Wah. that's what I'm sure Moriarty was doing he's 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 a charismatic character so he was charming there i'm like sitting there going you suckers you know no that's moriarty and and they and they were treating him like a real person i'm thinking that's not moriarty that's a program of moriarty so it would be programmed to be deceptive you know every you know basically it's almost moriarty was almost like sherlock holmes is satan you know, uh, or a, mm-hmm. or a, or a um, Hannibal Lecter type character, very, very intelligent and cunning and charming, but also completely evil and scheming and, you know, only for his own, you know, black whatever you know, ideas lurk in his black heart. So, you know, they 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 seem to just like brush that right away. You know, they don't even right. say like, ah, I better keep it, you know, all right. You know, it seems like he's a nice guy. It's just like it's just like when, like, say you're in high school and you end up making friends with that person you thought was an asshole. But at first you're sort of like, I'm going to wait and see, you know, and see if this pans out and they keep not being an asshole or whatever. 
and but it's not as soon as he's like i'm changed they're like oh yes you you've changed and it's just no it's it's and here's where you you know me you know you 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 know you're you're the more conservative guy and i'm the more liberal guy but and uh and as a reference back to our other star trek episode um in the last star trek episode where we had trelane his twin you know his parent his quote-unquote energy parents people were sort of the they had that like um too indulgent liberal parent sort of thing going for him you know where they were like ah you know we wanted junior to you know to be imaginative and stuff but we draw the line at him killing earthmen and stuff and here picard takes that 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 part of just the like with with moriarty being sort of the child of where they're just like completely like Oh, he, you know, oh, it's an emerging life form and he means well. and We feel sorry for him and, and stuff like that. And it's like, no, you suckers. <laughs> you know, that's so that, that's such a sort of politically correct way to think about it. But it's 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 total. They're, they're totally being suckers, you know, and mm-hmm. and I'm not and I know they're not playing their cards close to the to the to the vest because the minute they turned him off they could be like yeah i don't trust that guy or something nothing they were just like oh geez you know i feel bad for poor moriarty in a way and it's just like no bullshit bullshit you know he 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 was a computer generated bad guy and and uh, you know i i don't mind having and at the moment when he's talking generating the sympathy for him at, you know that's a testament to making the characters slimy but ah uh, come on <laughs> you know but it makes for uh, the, all, all through this I'm like Scott's gonna hate this episode but we're gonna have stuff to talk about for from this one for sure <laughs> you know that's what I was thinking all the way through it I'm like there's plenty of fodder for conversation in this one mm-hmm yeah very much so because, you know, also, if if he hadn't had his enlightened moment, you know, if, if he hadn't started to be charismatic and sympathetic, would they have felt the same way? You know, if, if he had remained, you know, the, the, the villain? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Because in I, Federation I, land, you're supposed to even... Rep- they obviously... They've had to respect many life forms that are pricks, you know? It seems like half the aliens come in and are condescending assholes to to the people on the Enterprise and they and they're just like we have to respect their you know, they're like that. They're just a testy people, you know. So I guess they would have had to. They would have had to been like Would they have been? Probably not. But yeah, you're right. These goddamn next generation space hypocrites starting to piss me off <laughs> that's part of, that's part of it yeah it's a, i think i very much feel there's like a, there's a lot of sometimes space, they are there's a lot more space hypocrisy in the next generation than in the original star trek which i find very ironic and funny you know since you mm-hmm. know you know i mean everybody talks about swinging dick kirk playing you know fast and loose with the rules but yeah yeah, I think in a lot of in a lot of instances, I think he uh, 
he's he has the moral high ground a lot of the time the, you know, compared the time, to these yeah. people yeah yeah for being the barbarian really bar, less developed barbarian that they sort of think you know everybody behind them in the past is and this one they are very very hypocritical i think so too well, what do you think? You want to take a little uh, little break and we'll come back with uh, part two to this one? Hi, I think we're about ready for that. I've had about all I can uh, take of uh, elementary, my dear Data. <laughs> all right, we'll be back in a flash, but not the flash. And we won't flash you, so... Thank heaven for that. sedated them with uh, Back to the Future 1 through 3. They've watched them 84 times, so they're quite harmless. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't get your fingers too close to his mouth. He'll snap. Yes. Just keep your distance and you're quite safe. But... Wait. Let me turn this music off. You think that's freaky, huh? Well, listen to this. We're about to have guests. There's a party in the holodeck, everyone in Star Trek. The car crusher, Data Racker, Jody Warp, Troy. I like her. Troy is the Betazoid dancing with the android. Something's wrong with Warp's head. Aliens and Racker's head. The has thrown this big surprise on the Starship Enterprise. 
See, I told you it would be fast. All right, we're whipping right on to the next, the fourth episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, the second season. Outrageous Otano. And here to tell you <laughs> all about it with a... Okana? I got Okano written down. Okay. No. Okana. Okay. Ote. Ote. Outrageous Ote. <laughs> and here to tell you... The, give you the scintillating, scintillating, scintillating synopsis will be Mr. Scott Gardner. Yes. Okay, so this one aired the week of December 12th, 1988. It says, near the twin Medina, Medina? Funky Cole Medina? Funky Cole Medina. Planets, the uh, Enterprise Whoa. picks up young trader Thadian Okana while helping him repair his small craft. The roguish charmer quickly makes friends, especially among the female crew members. Intrigued by Okana's wisecrack, Data lets Guinan talk him into a stint on the holodeck as a comic. He conjures up a 20th century uh, comedy club and a stand-up of the... and a stand-up of the day. That just reads really weird. To coach him. Meanwhile, Picard faces a confrontation that's more of a headache than a crisis. The two hot-headed leaders of Medina's twin worlds are demanding Okana's hide. Strelib's ruler accuses him of stealing their sacred jewel of Thesia, while uh, Atlex, while Atlex, raves. Atlex. <laughs> this is just written really strange. Raves that Okana made his daughter pregnant. Picard faces the exasperating prospect of the two tiny vessels actually opening fire on his ship or each other until an inquisitive West Crusher persuades the traitor to fess up. Does he? I don't think so. Okana baits the Strelid leader's son into admitting everything. The two fearful children used Okana as a go-between for their romance and used the jewel as a nuptial vow. With the two planets now bound for union, uh, a data despondent over his bad luck with humor unintentionally spouts a Gracie Allen nugget and cracks up the bridge. That synopsis sucked. But yeah, it does. It does. It's very awkward and doesn't really like give you a, it doesn't really explain how that story resolves very well. It's <laughs> no, it does not really at poorly. All. It's yeah. I didn't like that synopsis at all. Basically, you know, it's just sort of the the the. Uh, maybe I can make it sound more clear. It's just a, you know they they're chasing after after this uh, Okano and Okana Okana Ote, and <laughs> they're chasing after him. 
because he's impregnated one girl and stolen the the diamond and then you find out that he didn't really you know that he they were just using him both were using him as a scapegoat because he didn't really steal the diamond and it wasn't really his baby but Wesley sort of indirectly his talk with Wesley makes him think I'm going to be a man and fess up on it and when he fesses up he totally is able to squirm out of it because it 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 brings out the truth that he didn't really do that and he gets to go on his way um yeah <laughs> I, I don't know what they said in that synopsis I don't know what that, <laughs> what them what them words meant Hey, isn't this guy, didn't we see him before in Spaceballs? Isn't that Lone Star from Spaceballs? I was expecting him to be with, like, John Candy as a mog with no, him on the ship. No, that's not him. You know who this guy is. It's it's not him, but, I mean, it oh, looks the like Lone type? Star. For, well, yeah, it he's, looks like Lone Star with a mullet, basically. He's very much a Han Solo. You know, yes. I would actually say he's more Dash Rendar than he is Han Solo, but you know, you get the you get the idea. But they're all Han Solo. Yeah, they're all and, yeah. and and Lone Star is also a Han Solo. Yeah, it's he's just like filtered through a couple times Han Solo. No, but James Bond because he gets laid all the time. Now, do you know that actor's Quickly. name? No, his name is William Campbell. Same as oh. the guy that played Trelane in that. Now they're no relation to each other, but and there's a famous science fiction author named William Campbell. This is true. Who, wrote, who goes there? <laughs> which they based the thing on. Now this guy, a couple years after this episode, uh, would play the Rocketeer, which is uh, I still maintain is one of the very best comics to uh big screen comic book movies yeah it's it it's not exactly faithful but it is very good it's it's one of the better you know comic book superhero movies in in my opinion um let's see no dr pulaski in this episode which uh you know that's that's kind of sad although i don't think the episode suffers for it i like this one a lot What, what did you think of it did you like it I, I thought I, the only thing that I, I found that I didn't like about it was just his look was so cheesy, like rapscallion <laughs> look. But it was from it's because of the time period that it came out in. So I, I gave it some slack for that. I did. I did like this episode. I, I liked it about as much as I liked the other one. Maybe I don't know if a little more it. It. uh you know the way the story just sort of conveniently you know um resolved itself was a little cheesy but um we do find out though enterprise girls are easy hell yeah they are and they're hot i mean he's he's the what they're like he was in like six crew women's quarters or something (laughs) and like literally when Worf shows up at at the door when he's making time with the one one woman they're not even stopping. Worf basically has to drag <laughs> him away. I mean, I can imagine him not be. He's he's ready to fight Worf. He was, you know, he just gives Worf a look, and Worf is like, "I would like that," you know. And uh, 
But, you know, if I were her and, and Worf showed up, I'd be like, oh, you know, you would expect her to be sort of like, oh, grabbing for a uniform and being like, oh, Worf, sorry, I didn't, you know, or whatever. Well, She's he just barges like, oh, no. right in on them, too. You Into know their I mean? quarters. Yeah. Well, and she, but she's also not like, what the hell are you doing in the quarters? I'm half naked, you know? She's just, she's so, he, he he's a, he's, he's, he's working his magic because she's just like, whatever. <laughs> She's just in, in so I, I, I think you brought it up at, on, um, in an episode of the Vault of Star- Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror this month when you called it the High Pro Glow. <laughs> I think there was a little High Pro Glow going on there. And, uh, now, the first, um, uh, the first woman he bags in this episode is, uh, is Lois Lane. Spiral Pro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was... Uh, Oh, what the hell's her name? Terry Hatcher from uh, The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Or what the hell was the name of that show? Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Oh. Now, yeah, I never, she's a little cutie in this. Eh, she's all right. I never found her particularly attractive myself. Although, she, I think she's she's kind of cute in this one. And she's on that, uh, or last I looked anyway, she was on that Desperate Housewives show. I never watched that. I think it's... Eh, whatever. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. I think uh, Whoopi Goldberg is really, really good in this one. I, I like, uh, I like her, her, you know, how she plays off the regulars. You know, she's always kind of the the wizened, you know, voice of reason, Yoda esque character yes. in these. I, I like that. She's at this point, she's still a little bit has a little bit of the novelty factor of where it's like here's Whoopi you know you know she was a she was like for Star Trek she was a big name to be on that show and so her her scenes still have a little feel of like a special scene to them now but as it goes on and she becomes more and more of a regular character and what you know I have a feeling at first Whoopi Goldberg might have been like they might have brought her in and done all her scenes you know that sort of thing because she was probably had a lot of stuff scheduled but less and less as her career went on and i have and she became more of just like a regular character on star trek you know and not sort of like an a-list actor she still got a little bit of that feel of it when they have scenes with her but her being an A-list actor also means her scenes are like really well acted too mhm well patrick stewart's an a-list actor too so, you know, so you're, 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 it's like throwing another Patrick Stewart in there. It's like throwing another really skilled actress or, you know, thespian into the, into the mix. And it, and it, and it definitely adds something. Her character is, definitely adds to the story. It isn't like we need to get some names in here and just throw some, you know, throw them in as a bartender. And it could have been really cheesy, but. She's starting to become, yeah, a really interesting character. And, yeah, sort of like a mixture of Troy and Yoda. Well, she's pretty unique in this because she sought this out. You know, this this was not, you know, someone at Paramount right. saying, you know, we need a big name bringing her in. I mean... No, she you know, pulled she a Samuel called, L. Jackson yeah, in episode she, one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. She called them up out of the blue and was like, hey, I really like Star Trek. You know, can I be on your show? And... It just so happened that, you know, they they were developing this character and were able to kind of plug her into that 
into that spot and she was you know she was great for it but and uh, she has that weird face too that like makes her look a little bit alien when they they, they right. really like the the headgear that they give her to wear you know her hat that she gets to wear sort of without giving her alien makeup it makes her look alien because it plays off the angularity of her weird like round angularity of her face if that makes any sense well, i always it thought the look the outfits she had made her look very uh matronly you know like like yes regal yes or no I, not regal so much as uh um uh, you know, almost like a, is. almost like she had a lot of kids. You know what I mean? Like, like she just oh, had a, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like kind of Earth Mothery. Earth type Mother, of... yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I always, t I always found that as being more like almost like these courtly. Ro she always had these sort of courtly outfits, like you know, you know, flowing robes and and stuff like that. Because Whoopi Goldberg's not a heavy person, especially back then. She was like, you know, kind of no. thin, you know. Right. No, and I mean, it, yeah, that they, look they made she's her got, look. Yeah, it looks more like uh, uh, motherly, almost grandmotherly, really. You know, because she yes. it almost looks like you know she kind of droopy and she's you know put put out a number of kids at some point and. You know, now she's like the grandmotherly, you know, everybody can talk to me and I've got words of wisdom for everybody kind of. But yes. I, it works really well for her character, I think. Well, she's a really I mean, she started out her career like winning Oscars for Spielberg. Mm -hmm. That's how she started. And Oprah at the same time. It's so funny. They started out as like and, you know, I remember when that movie came out, which I still have never seen. I remember that like people were like Whoopi Goldberg is a name you're going to hear a lot of, you know, this she is a powerhouse actress and she took on you know, she took on really crappy parts after that most of the time. She took on all these really crappy roles and I didn't I thought it wasn't until she got into Star Trek that she finally was given or picked a role where she, you know, you got to see her really act, you know, you didn't get to see her doing like light comedy or something, you know, like that, or like a quirky character. She got to really play a role. And it was, it's funny that it was on a TV show, which nowadays a lot of movie actors will go to TV shows and do stuff, but not in those days. That was kind of a big deal. Right. But it's the power of Star Trek, man. The Trek, you know, you're always whenever Star Trek happens as a new TV show or a movie or something, you always see stories about it was it, it's very similar to the Grateful Dead when the Grateful Dead were around. You would see like I can't remember um, who the basketball player was. Wilt Chamberlain, I think it was, you know, um, all American kid, you know, basketball player. But he turned out to be a deadhead. So there would always be stories about like. And you'd never expect it, but Wilt Chamberlain loves to go see the Grateful Dead. And every time there's a new Star Trek thing, you know, you always see a story where they're just like, you, you know, you never know who the Trekkies are, but our own Channel 13's Marsha blah 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 has a room full of Enterprise models, you know. They're everywhere. <laughs> Even like, what's his name in, in, um, was it Star Trek V? 
the Jack Nicholson clone. Oh no, it was in six. Um, yeah, six. what's his name? Uh, oh, God, I can't think of it now. I know who you're talking. Yeah, the guy who talks like Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it's who a got you know who is Christian like, something Christian. Christian Slater. Slater, yeah. Christian Slater. So, yeah, yeah. He was just like, I want to be it. So they gave him a threw him a bone and 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 gave him a scene. You know. Well, what's funny is I've heard a lot. Of, over the years that that you know they wanted uh Guinan in so many more episodes than she was actually in but Whoopi Goldberg was always busy with this that or the other thing well, I'm wondering what those projects were now because you know you, you got me Jumping thinking Jack Flash Yeah it must have been She was in a lot of crappy movies Yeah I think she just told her agent like get me as many movies I want to make a shitload of money and I think she maybe had some plan of like building up a big bank account and then not doing anything for a while or something, or doing something like that she really wanted to, like Star Trek. But I don't know what Whoopi Goldberg's life plan was. But I mean, I still think I uh, of uh, when I think of like the things that Whoopi Goldberg did to fulfill her potential. And I haven't seen The Color Purple, but I think the color purple in star trek and then i think of just a lot of crap in the view mm-hmm. <laughs> alongside of that and it's just like yeah what the hell was she thinking and then that fiat weird weird time period where she and ted danson were dating <laughs> weird it is very weird now it's i never i never liked joe piscopo until i saw him in this episode i i liked the the kind of character uh, character caricature that he plays in this still still wish he would have picked George Carlin I I was very surprised since they picked a 20th century comedian that it wasn't just Joe Piscopo as himself you know run the Joe Piscopo routine right I'm glad that they didn't because that would have I would have been like oh well, see, it was supposed you know, to be Joe Piscopo as himself, but 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 I'm surprised they didn't do that. Well, see, they name drop um, Jerry Lewis in this episode, and right. it was supposed to be Jerry Lewis, but he was busy with another guest shot on another show, and so they went with Joe Piscopo. But I'm wondering if it had been Jerry Lewis, would it be Jerry Lewis as Jerry Lewis? I'm very curious about that, and I've never liked Jerry Lewis, so I wonder if that would have changed, you know, the... the... I wish it would have been the serious Jerry Lewis that everybody describes, like the asshole Jerry Lewis who's just like, I'll have your head on a platter. That would have been funny, but... <laughs> yeah, the, I, I've i never been a fan of the... Ah, that you know, and, and when Joe Piscopo's like, this is funny, I was like, don't teach him that because that's not funny. Right. <laughs> and it's not. Yeah, and I, well, I love Data's line. Bad, that, that. You know, the, the funny teeth and dancing around like an idiot makes you funny. And I love that line because he's right. No, it doesn't at all. It makes you look it like do, it actually asshole. doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it actually it actually doesn't. And when you tried it, it didn't work. But you know what, Data? That wasn't your fault. <laughs> it wasn't fun, funny from the source. But that's my opinion on, you know, I mean, that's the old... Um, um, it's the Jerry Lewis factor, but now it's been updated into the Adam Sandler factor of right. there's just some people, you know, there's some country somewhere that thinks Adam Sandler's a genius. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's America. Yeah. 
<laughs> but um, <laughs> now, I could be dead wrong about this, but uh, there's a part I can't remember what part of the episode it is. You just have to watch for it. But there's a part where Data walks onto the bridge and relieves the person that's sitting in his chair. Basically, I can't ever remember which one's Con and which one's Ops. Whichever the hell one Data is always sitting in. He relieves the guy. The guy stands up and and walks off screen. As I say, I could be dead wrong about this, but I know I've seen that guy somewhere else. I think that that's Brent Spiner's double for like when they do episodes like lore and stuff. I think that's who that guy is. But again, don't hold me to it. I could be wrong, but I know I've seen that guy somewhere else before. Um, I don't know which ship it is which planet or whatever i can't even remember maybe it was okana's ship i forget but anyway one of the ships that shows up in this episode is uh is a recycle from star trek 3 it was the the ship that the klingons blow up right near the beginning of the movie where it has that female klingon spies on board and they're smuggling the genesis plans and all that and then the klingon bird of prey comes along and blows them up it's it's that ship um Oh, there's a great line in this that just makes me laugh every time I hear it. Because I think it's supposed to be a joke, but I don't laugh at it as a joke. I laugh at it as... Um, I know where you're going yeah, with this. This is probably one of my weird. notes, too. It's where uh, they they uh, Picard orders the shields lowered. Mm-hmm. And Riker says, well, why do you want to do that, sir? Or something like that. And he says, well, number one, in case we decide to surrender to them. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, that's actually not funny, dude, because that's kind of your stick. You know, you're John. That's Luther, what I have. My surrender monkey. Commander, signal the following in all languages and on all frequencies. We surrender. My, my my note is a surrender jo- joke, John Luke. Really? You're going to do a surrender joke. <laughs> you know, what an asshole, man. You know, I mean, seriously, you can almost take the guy serious. You know, you're, you almost half expect him to be lasers. We surrender. We better surrender just to be safe. You know, it's just it's just like, don't make a joke about your, you know. I mean, I, I understand being self. Yes, I am understand being self-effacing, but that ain't funny, man. <laughs> you know, the rest of the crew's like, "Listen, man, maybe you like to surrender, but we don't like the idea of possibly being on some other ship's brig." Or my, my, my daughter's six years old, dude. <laughs> I don't want her to be on some laser shooting assholes brig, you know, because you want to surrender. So, you know what? I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because there's. I, I was listening to last month's Star Trek Monthly Monday, and I was extremely upset with myself that I totally dropped the ball on something I meant to discuss, which was, I, I hate to digress, but I've just got to get this off my chest. Mm-hmm. When, when he basically surrenders to Nagilam in uh, where silence has lease, and he just, all right, well, we're all just going to die now. You know, to, and we're gonna we're gonna kill everybody so that you can't kill us. You know, nobody ever brings up the families and the children that are on the ship. 
in that sequence. Yeah. And that annoys the piss out of me. Because, yes, you know, Picard, He got to listen to classical music, and those parents had to go, okay, Junior, you may... What's death, Mommy? Well, you'll find out soon enough, because the ship's going to blow up in... 14 minutes well see and... i wonder do they do they even know it the the civilians on board or you know the the whatever you know i mean does that does everybody else know that this is going to happen because for one that seems really messed up but then if they don't if they it don't seems yeah. messed up too because then you don't have a chance to you know make your peace with god or whatever but at this the the, the point i was really trying to get at though was more of you know I, I, I buy the whole thing to a point of, you know, guys like Picard and Riker and Jordy and everybody else that they realize that risk is part of the job, that, you know, that, that that's the game that they're playing and that they may very but well. the kids don't. Of, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, you you can't expect that of a, of a three-year-old, you know. Some, I mean, it seems like this guy Picard would not have gotten the job as the captain of that ship with families and, and children on board. If, if this is how he was going to play the job, you know, if this is how he was going to be, you know, faced with that threat, well, I'll just blow everybody out. What? what? Uh, it bugs me tremendously in that episode that that's i guess we're just not supposed to stop and remember there's there for such a politically correct future there's a lot of very inappropriate moments if you think (laughs) of it in the context of there's kids on the ship you know there's just a lot of things that happen that put those kids in a lot of danger a lot of times and it's it's sort of glossed over you know, sometimes it's like get the kids into the, you know, we're separating the saucer section or whatever. But a lot of times it's not, you know, you're focusing on the bridge crew and the, you know, and engineering and stuff. And right. And not the, you know, not until later do you get into like family life a little bit, you know. Right. But but yeah, that's that's almost, you know, there's there's almost if because you'd have to bring this show to a screaming halt every time he yelled think of the children what about the children you would have to you know right uh, uh, you know the 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 whole idea of why they had the children on there in the first place is iffy and when it when it comes down to it really having the children on board and stuff only really yielded a few episodes around it you know what i mean or or involving it well, so it really never roddenberry, became an important yeah. element well it's because roddenberry wanted it but then roddenberry wasn't able to stick around you know for very long to back so up on yeah. what to do with it yeah so you know this this was conceived as being you know further in the future more enlightened age we're explorers this is space jacques cousteau and it didn't play out that way so Jacques Cousteau uh, didn't really have many kids on <laughs> families and kids on the. No, I mean as far as being the you know the 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 you know the uh, veteran you know explorer type. Right. Of, you know what I mean? It was it was going to be basically, right. you know the whatever the hell the name of his ship was in space. You know, Calypso. as opposed to Star Wars. You know, it, it was it wasn't going to be that. It wasn't going to be the the space cowboys shoot him up. It was going to be more of. You know, like we're a sailing ship. Yeah, we're exploring the unknown type of but it you know, that 
you know, you know, I love the guy, you know, but I don't want to see Star Trek, the motion picture every single episode. You know, I, I don't want to see it an, this way. Encounter at Farpoint every kid, episode. There's only one reason you send families and kids into the unknown, and that's to colonize. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, I was thinking, well, you could compare it to a wagon train. But the, the those people were on a wagon train because they were trying to get somewhere and settle down and start making babies, you know. And in Star Trek, they're just exploring. They're not going to like, well, you know, we're going to f- eventually find a planet that we're going to stop on and adopt that planet. Maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe we never heard about that. But, you know, I doubt it. We probably would have heard about that. So they were just along for the ride. And, you know, you got to assume that mom and dad might have been scientists or, you know, had some specialty that 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 put them on board. And so, you know, it was like, okay, well, you can work and have your family and stuff. But still, you know, sending into the unknown children into the unknown seems like something a less enlightened or a more enlightened time wouldn't do, would do less. You know, it would seem more barbaric. But by putting kids in in danger and possibly traumatizing them at that young age. <laughs> but what do I know? I don't have any kids. I'm <laughs> I'm just some asshole. I I was just thinking, Data must be a great character for autistic people, for like people with Aspergers. How do you? Because I think there's a lot in common. I I was noticing in this, you know, he was trying to make himself funny. And I, I, I've I've worked with people with Aspergers before, not worked with them like, you know, I I, I was educated in them. I, I haven't had jobs the same in the same place. And I, and they, a lot of times with humor and stuff, they would have to learn it. They would learn it by watching other people and copying things. And I'm wondering if if like Spock was a prototypical ill adjusted nerd. If like data is like that kind of character for someone who's autistic, someone who's like, you know, I function like a person, but I don't really understand a lot of the the things that that go on. And and, you know, so I build a vocabulary by watching other people It just sort of when we were talking about the Joe Piscopo character, that sort of. It's a good observation Sort of popped into my head. I think that's it. If we have any. Any autistic listeners, pipe in and tell us what you think about it. They're probably they're probably like, I think he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I only have one other note, and that is, can't someone give Okano some space rubbers, or at least tell him what they are? <laughs> is what? Isn't that a like you know? Well, the baby, the baby he's wasn't not su- his though. No, but he's not surprised that the baby wasn't his. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if he had some sort of space birth control there, he might be going like, hey, wait a minute. You know, it's like it's like the guy whose girlfriend's like, you know, you got me pregnant and, and now you got to pay me $10,000. And he's like, wait a minute. Didn't I have a space vasectomy, you know, or something like that? <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I mean, so he's he's a rogue and a scoundrel, but still, it's it's the future. You'd think you'd have some sort of like thing you could put on the side of your bed that just is like a transporter and like would transport the sperm into like your toilet or something. Ew. I don't know. Galactic hey. prophylactic. 
Yeah. Hey, yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's better than space rubber. <laughs> space Trojan. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go, go ahead. That's Troy all Troy has completely regressed in this episode. Every single utterance from this woman is inane and ridiculous. She points out the incredibly obvious at every single turn. She is yes. useless in this episode. It, it's, I mean, it's crazy. They, they only, the only thing they got for her is they give her a little bit of acting to bite into where you can tell that she, she's a little attracted to, to, um, you know, to a uh, lone star, but <laughs> at the same time, like when he comes on the bridge, she looks over at him and you could tell, she could tell what he's been doing. Oh and yeah. He's looking at her going, Oh yeah, that's right. And I do it to you too. And <laughs> she's next. just like, she's just like, Oh no. She's just like, Oh no. Oh yes. You know? So there, there's a nice little, uh, you know, cause she's Troy and her species, I guess is very, is kind of hypersexual or more, and and you know picking up on it so that that was a nice little thing to give her for her character but other than that you're right everything she says is just redundant it's something you've just seen play out in front of you so you don't need to know it i, still... <laughs> I liked in the last one where she was just given two or three lines you know just sort of a close-up of her and she'd go captain a blah 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 and then you're done with her you know but mm -hmm. yeah not to be in this one I, I still say that there really should have been at least one episode where Picard turns to her and says, what do you think, counselor? And she says, well, he's very angry. And, and Picard's just like, that's it? I mean, that, that's all you've got to offer. That I, could, I, I know he's angry. I can see that. It's now just... I'm sensing anger from you, Captain. Right. <laughs> yeah. No shit. That's because I'm strangling you, idiot. <laughs> Let's walk down to the airlock together, shall we? One of us is <laughs> coming have a back. Talk. Let's <laughs> have a little talk in front of the airlock. Yes. <laughs> At ease. Just just lean right up, right up against the door. Yeah, take a load off. <laughs> you know something I for totally forgot to mention about Captain. Out. I sense hostility, <laughs> and then she's blown out into space. <laughs> I love it. That would have been an episode <laughs> worth watching right there. Something just, I forgot to I, mention I just, about uh, what? I'm just proud I didn't say she was sucked out into space. <laughs> I'm proud I remembered not to make that faux pas. I like that. Uh, I forgot to mention about uh, William Campbell that he was actually up for the role of uh, of Riker and got beat out by by Frakes. But yeah, I can kind of see it too. Although I I think he's I like Frakes' too facial young. hair better. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. His facial hair is to his facial he's got that he's got that Don Johnson douchey like remember those razors they used to sell you that would give you the perfect 3 days stuff, you know. Right. 5 o'clock shadow or whatever. He's got that going and that always looks that always looks cheesy. That always looks to me like a makeup person goes Oh, I better uh I better do some rogue makeup on this guy. The same with the ponytail mullet thing, you know, where they're like, "Ooh, this guy's a he's a dashing rogue," especially in the 
late 80s, 90s, it's like, yeah, give him a rat tail. That means he's a rebel. <laughs> you know, and it always looks just really cheesy now. Well, at least he doesn't have a space mullet. That that would... that would A spullet? Spullet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was surprised the first time I learned that uh, that this episode is prior to the Rocketeer and actually several years prior to the Rocketeer because I guess it's just the difference between, you know, having a decent haircut and a shave, but he looks really young in the Rocketeer compared to right here. I buy him as a, you know, late twenties to mid thirties, something space, you know, Han Solo. Whereas in the Rocketeer, he looks like he's, you know, barely into his 20s he, he's very much like luke skywalker you a know? greenhorn yeah greenhorn yeah very much so well you know it's 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 acting and makeup and you know he's playing a, he was playing a uh an older part in this you know i it's just I, I i don't mean to harp on this but it's just in the costume they gave him the proto han, han solo costume but the difference between like the Han Solo costume and the people who would copy it, like Lone Star and this guy, is it was always too clean. I realize this is Star Trek, but if he's in his dirty ship and stuff, they needed to give him... He just looked... He looked too much like the well-groomed Rapscallion. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. He he didn't look truly dirty and and greasy like he'd been working on his ship. He was still a little too... uh, A little too metro there a little too much manscaping going on on there's a a, but that's that yeah this is a pet peeve of mine there's a great scene in this where picard totally reminds me of my grandpa gardener now i I know you've probably had this this situation happen where say you know dad or grandpa or whoever they say something just completely stupid and you call them out on it, and then they they act all pissed. Get you know, pissed. Like they say something stupid like, you know, uh, you know, just tell you to shut up. And then a minute later, you know, they're asking you a question, going, "Answer me, damn it!" And you're, oh, you told me to shut up. And then they get all pissed. There's a great moment like that with Picard in this episode where uh, he's all pissed about something, and he says, uh, "Hail the," you know, "Hail them!" And then Worf just goes, "Which ship?" And he goes, "What?" Uh, oh, the first one. <laughs> it's just, it's just the, <laughs> that moment is great. He wants to yell at him. Yeah, yeah. He just he realizes that he's he's you know he's being an idiot. But it, I just I like that. It's, Are you it, questioning? It, oh Christ! That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's two of them. God damn it. Yeah. It's it feels very real that moment. I, yes. I love it because it's something I've seen happen in real life. Well, that's 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 an emotion they play a lot with. With I think they that he he plays exasperation really well. You know, he gets to be exasperated and frustrated a lot, and I think they were like Patrick Stewart does a really good. I mean, that's why he is the he's the face of facepalm these days. The the picture of of Picard facepalming <laughs> yeah. is like the classic facepalm, and that's. Part of, a huge part of his character. He was always going, "Oh Jesus Christ, you morons!" You know, to whether it was aliens or his own <laughs> ship. <laughs> uh, 
there's a there was one line in here though that pissed me off, and I I had just I don't know you 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 tell me what you think. All right, so okay. they're talking about the situation with with the pregnant girl and and all that, and and the father wanting her, you know, to basic before they understand the whole plot, you know, the father wanting to drag Okana back and and basically have a shotgun marriage. I, I can't remember who says it. I think it may be in the captain's log or something, but they describe the situation as a father's heartfelt, if arcane sense of blah, blah, blah. And that would, I focused on that. And I was That's, just like, arcane. I mean, really? I mean, is it truly arc? I mean, I know it doesn't really happen these days because people are, you know, have such loose morals and everything, but I mean, seriously, is it arcane to to want the the father well, of a it baby is kind to of a, be part? It's a of, laser. Hmm? It's a laser version of the shotgun wedding. Right. Get down here, you <laughs> you dirted up my Betty Lou. You get your ass back down here. We're having ourselves a wedding. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, is that an arcane sensibility that that you know the the father should. Uh, you know, do the right thing, come back and marry the girl that he knocked up. I mean, I guess so. You know, yeah, that that's a good point because I can see how Picard would look at it as being like, um, I'm trying to think of the word. You know, a, a very um, a, a very trivial problem you know that's that's something for you guys to hash out among yourselves right i personally would have just said lock on to everybody and just beam them all into space and we'll go about our business and nobody's <laughs> going to be the wiser about any of this <laughs> nobody knows who, who who the fuck okano is or any of the, the you know these assholes i, I would you know, love man. to see an enhanced version of this where the you know the first ship comes out of nowhere. Yeah, with Picard going, well, I don't have time for you know <laughs> who knocked up who. What I'm I'm a captain of a starship. Goodbye, you know, and everybody's floating in space, frozen like in well, two thousand and one. Not, <laughs> not even that, but where, where you know, in this one they actually like heave to and they stop and they talk to them. And I'd love to see you know a version where. They just keep going and you see, you know, it's like the, 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 the little, uh, you know, the two guys in a canoe fishing while the, the ocean liner bears down on them and smashes them to yes. splinters, you know, that sort of thing with the enterprise just continuing on its merry way and just running over both of these puny ass little ships well, yeah, that have come yeah, to exactly. challenge it, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, if when you think about it, the people who thought he, you know, okay, so the one guy's got a pregnant girl there, so this is how I would play it. I would take down my shields, like like he did, and then I would tell both of them, you guys got a problem with me having this guy as a guest on my ship? Have at it, man. Open fire if you want. And I would let them fire their laser beams on, and it would probably be like us firing a laser pointer at a Sherman tank there'd be a little red dot on the on the side of the enterprise you know and 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 all that and if that didn't convince them to go piss off 
I would have just taken the people who said he stole our diamond and, and I would have just said, uh, you know, let's have what what if there was a little tractor beam incident and that ship were to be crushed instantly? Oh, tractor beam incident. Oh, geez. And then the other ship would have seen that and pissed off. And at least the pregnant girl would get away alive, you know, and and maybe, you know, think about finding it well she already knew who the real dad was anyway she was just trying to have it all so none of them really deserve to deserve anything but the icy blackness of space the inky blackness of space but yeah i mean i i, I there there was an element of picard just going oh geez you know but he really he sh for as arrogant as they've shown that they are as as space snobby as they are he he was really good natured about helping solve this problem when he should have been just like I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> you know, this is <laughs> this is just it's not my jurisdiction. I don't care. You know, okay, whatever, you know, uh everybody's sort of like, well, we like this guy, you know, Wesley took everybody took a shine to him because he's a likable charismatic rap scallion. But at the same time, Eh, we don't need any more babies on the on the Enterprise anyway, and he's making his way. And 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 I like how Picard sort of annoyedly tells him like, "No, we don't have any problems with you screwing our crew members." You know, basically is to paraphrase <laughs> what he says. Uh, you know, we're we're not uptight about it, but you can tell he is a little bit. He's not, he really is just jealous because he can't ha happy get about it because he can't go to six cabins and. Uh, he's a captain. He could probably talk many girls into into letting him into his cabin, but six in, in you know, in uh the space of a few hours. No, I think that time is long behind. See that's Picard. the afternoon and lunch break. Frankly for Riker, I don't you know. Yeah, yeah, for Riker or for for you know, Kano or or um well, I just wanna call him Lone Star. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> You know who he looks more like? He looks like Robert Urich's character in Ice Pirates is what he looks like. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Whatever the hell but the I name can't of, that think of that character. Yeah, I don't yeah, I have no it's idea. It's convenient to to think of his name. But um Oh, there's still yeah, I mean, been a space herpy in this uh in this episode. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That should have been why his that... ship was broke down at the beginning. Then we could then we could have had we could have had the doctor in there. We could have we could have had a scene where you know he's had a few of the younger crew ladies and he wants somebody with a little more salt to him and so he hooks up with the doctor and and ten forward and you know but before she takes him back to her cabin being the smart doctor that she is she takes him down to to um you know to the sick bay for a little quick scan over and is just like dude. <laughs> You're riddled with hate space gonorrhea, you know. You're just it's riddling every fiber of your being, you know. Let me at least beam some of those space warts out into the inky blackness of space before we uh head back to my quarters and let me drink some more of this Saurian brandy while we're at it, for Christ's sakes. See, I wonder how refined their their transporter technology is because i think that would be a good way to resolve a lot of their problems with these primitive screw heads that come along like that too is just mm -hmm. you know 
call them up on the on the view screen and when you're talking just suddenly just beam all their clothes away and then fly off you know i mean they'd be too embarrassed to come after you you would think yeah. Well, in the future, I think you people get might not be as self-conscious. Yeah, you could do all sorts of things. Well, you could, you could beam like something into their stomach that makes them start belching uncontrollably or something like that. <laughs> or you could just beam all the all the the, pardon my French, shit from their bowels and like beam it two feet above their head and drop it down on them and go, you like that? More of that where that came from. <laughs> don't, All right. yeah, don't make us don't, don't don't make us beam Lieutenant, you know, Spock's the, the contents of Spock's fifteen stomachs over your head. You don't wanna know what he was eating. I think we're done for this time around. What do you think? Scotty was eating space haggis, so back <laughs> back off, man, or you're getting more of the same. Yeah, I think that's about it for this. It's it's devolving. It's six oh four AM. Oh god. So that could have something to do with it. Yep, there you go. The Dr. Pepper is wearing off. The I doc- uh Doctor Pepper has left the room. I don't remember a hell of a lot about the next two episodes other than the fact that the second one has a spectacular special effect, as I recall. Beyond that, I really don't remember anything. One of them's called the a seriously, a, yeah, a seriously spectacular yeah, special effect. It is I, okay. I wasn't no, sure seriously, like, yeah, it was. It was, was going to be like a cheapo. It's a death special effect too. It was a really good one. Ooh, they, man, they're they're good with the the death special effects on on Next Generation. We've already had the exploding person. This one's on par. No, I'm looking the, forward with to the it. Head that blows up. Yeah, it's well. The first Ooh. episode's called the Schizoid Man. I don't remember liking this one very much, but I, as I say, I, like I don't really title. remember anything about it. And um, the other one's called Loud as a Whisper, which, frankly, I think this one outright sucks, but it's the one that has the uh, the, the really awesome death. Uh, thing in it that again is 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 right up there on par with the with the blowed up head so we'll see we'll see how they go but i mean that's just something to look forward to yeah that's my lousy recollection of what the uh what the episodes were like on this one so we'll see yeah i have no idea i have no recollection either though so a a lot of these are going to be brand new and those sound like ones i've never seen before so I would have definitely remembered one with the name the Schizoid Man, so I'm, <laughs> I'm intrigued. I, I'm, I see. I think I know what that one's about, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So I don't, I don't want to say. And then someone. So you're gonna keep your yap shut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's the one where everybody dies. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's a great that's one. One, yeah, that's it. And then we get a new. Uh, ship and new crew and people that actually can act and we care about. Yeah, that's right. That's what happens. Harsh, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, man. We'll see you guys in another month. In the meantime, <laughs> yeah, wrap that up now. Watch our, watch our Star Trek the or listen to our Star Trek the original. Now I'm starting to sound like a Hey Kids comics ad. You know, watch our podcast. Watch our other. Listen to our other Star Trek podcasts where you get the 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 straight Kirk, and of course, naturally, 
you're all listening to Star Wars Monthly Monday at the beginning of the month and Comics Monthly Monday next week and which is quickly followed up by Walking Dead Wednesday and then there'll be oh we've decided what we're going to do for our commentary this month but we're not going to tell you ha ha <laughs> it sounded like you were getting ready to tell them but we're not and I I think that's it for the month but listen to all of them and if we come up with more listen to those too got it Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libson.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, Tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, two True, True Freaks. Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.